Hello and welcome to another episode of FPL Amateurs of Oz podcast. Joining me tonight is my co-host. He's back from the wilderness on his fishing trip. How are you, Damo? Yeah, yeah, really good, mate, really good. It's good to get away. Just uh, had hardly any reception, so uh, it's not a bad thing sometimes just to switch off, especially with this uh, with this sort of break in FPL at the moment, which is uh, doing my heading a little bit. But, uh, yeah, well, I, I digress. <laughs> Um, before I introduce our guest, mate, I might just um, did West Ham get chucked in the dryer, mate? Because they've shrunk. They used to be massive, and now they're a bit <laughs> tiny, mate. Mate, I'll tell you one thing. I obviously I couldn't watch the game or listen to the game because uh, I had no reception. But uh, I think it's all VAR's fault, really. But we'll, we'll get into that later. <laughs> and uh, joining us this week again is Matt. He's on the podcast to chase some more green arrows. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Thanks, boys. It's good to be back on the uh, back on the pod. You know, I was promised green arrows when I come in here last time. I actually ended up with a, about a month's worth of red arrows. <laughs> but then I've just got a couple of green arrows, which we'll obviously talk about a bit later. So hopefully, um, you know, this can keep me on for the for the second half of the season, you know, being here tonight. No, definitely. I um I made uh, D10 not talk about his red arrow this week because it uh, gives our pot a bad name if he brings it up, so... <laughs> Um, might get on to uh, how week 22 went for us. Um, I finished the week on 113 points uh, using my free hit. So it was actually quite a successful free hit for me compared to when I uh, used it earlier in the season, which we won't talk about. But um, the big hitters for me this week, uh, uh, week 22, I had Bruno captain for 46 points. And obviously the Trent Alexander-Arnold scored well, Kane scored well, Madison scored well, and Ken Sello. So... I ended up finishing the week uh, ranked just a bit over 3K, so I was pretty happy with that, um, sort of steadily climbing up the ranks. But it uh, went from the penthouse to the shithouse in week 23. I uh, I finished on 25 points, so um, no one starred for my side and everyone went to shit. And Captain Sterling, I think Pep um, just likes to be a troll because he took him off one minute before he would have got his extra points. So... <laughs> Sterling finished on two points and I dropped back to about 4K, but we'll have to see the fallout from the Watford game coming up to see if I drop any more. But how'd you go, Damo? Yeah, yeah, not too bad, not too bad. I um, ended up wild, on a wild card, sorry, uh, free hitting uh, and uh, captained, captains Ronaldo over Bruno, which obviously we don't talk about Bruno sort of thing. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's sort of, um, it caused a bit of a shitstorm over in Twitter with uh, the Bruno cappers and rather than the uh, Bruno either non-cappers or uh, not having Bruno on their team the at non, all. But... We call them the non-believers, mate. The non-believers. <laughs> But uh, look, I did have him in, in my side, which was which was good. So I got his uh, uh, you know, half points without um, captaincy. Uh, ended up on seventy one, uh, which puts uh, like uh, I thought uh, I thought seventy one was good until I saw your score, and then I'm just like shit. Uh- <laughs> mate, there's always got to be the the superstar in the pod. We can't both be superstars, mate. So seventy one's still a good score. I actually, feel yeah. as a free hit, that's still a pretty decent week. So, uh, obviously, stars being Bruno, T.A.A. Bowen. Uh, everyone else sort of was a bit of a flop. Uh, in the recent game week, game 23, I, um, I left for my trip um, on the morning of Dennis's minus two and um, got back and it hasn't really gotten any better. So, I'm on uh, 28 points. Uh, I'm 
at the moment ranked 340k, which isn't too bad given that I was just above, uh, I think I was about 550k about two or three weeks back. So it's not that bad. But um, obviously the fact that uh, Dennis is my captain um, and probably not going to get anything out of him uh, in this game because he's suspended uh, is going to be a bit of a... uh, not great. <laughs> Not great. <laughs> also, the fact that Foster, Foster, I brought in Foster for a hit, thinking that he was going to start both games, and then uh, obviously Backman started, and now they've sacked their coach. So, yeah, so it's going to be a bit of fun uh, owning uh, Watford assets for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> How did you end up um, the last two weeks, Matt? Yeah, look, game week 22 was a, was a decent one. I got 89, so that was probably the, the kind of resurgence of all the bad game weeks I'd had before. So I, I did the Bruno captain, uh, same as you, uh, which was pretty, to be honest, that's, that's most of my points. <laughs> he just carried me, he carried me that week. And that was, that was a transfer I did two minutes before deadline. So it was 4.28 a.m. in the morning in, in Melbourne. The deadline was 4.30 a.m. And I'd seen that Arsenal put through the postponement. Um, and I'd, I'd, you know, I'd, Went on to an FPL space. I'd seen a few people just gone, look, I'm going to put Bruno captain. And I thought, I'm not a Ronaldo owner. Um, I'll go Bruno. It was I couldn't do Son to Bruno because it was 0.1 um, yeah. extra. So I went Salah and I thought, I'll just do it. It's an easy way to get Salah back. And, you know, I, d- I did have a feeling with uh, this Ronaldo injury cloud that if he didn't play, Bruno would then, you know, get more time on the ball. We'd get more shots off. And obviously it worked out. So I've got... 46 points from him. I had Conor Gallagher who started off that game week with the goal. He got me nine points, which was really good. Uh, Bowen and Alexander-Arnold were the other two that did me well. Um, there was a few frauds in there. Calvert-Lewin, um, he was a Massive huge, fraud. huge fraud against Norwich that week. Um, Ollie Watkins, uh, although he had Man United that game, but still um, two points. Um, I didn't do too well. Um but 89 points was really good. It could have been more. I had Brandon Williams on the bench with six six points. So if I played him over Craig Dawson, I would have had an extra five. But that was a good game week. And then game week 23, I'm on 34 points, which seems like an okay score for the way well, this game week's it's gone. It's a great score from what I've seen so far, looking at my own side anyway. But there is a but. I took a minus four, so I'm, I'm technically on 30 points. And I bring... Uh, Cancelo in, and this is going to sound mad, but it was the first time this season I've, I've owned Cancelo, <laughs> which is why I probably went on all those gr- uh, red arrows before because I went Reese James over Cancelo when the Chilwell injury happened, and that's kind of where the red arrows went. And I didn't have Cancelo for that eighteen point haul against Newcastle and, and some of the other ones he's got. So this was the week I'm finally putting him in. Done. So I got him in, and I took out um, Rudiger. And then I bring in an extra minus four, knowing um, that Arsenal had a lot of double game weeks coming up. Um, I know they had blanks, but I thought I'm going to go Kieran Cherney against Burnley because I thought there's a big chance he'll, he'll do well. And he come out with eight points, um, which is obviously really good. But this is where the buck comes in. If I didn't make the two transfers and I just rolled over, um, because just before deadline I had... Williams in my team from Norwich and not Tierney and I would have had Rudiger instead of Cancelo um, I wouldn't have had a minus four and I would have would have had eight points more 
which would have been huge given how bad this game week's been. Yeah. Um, but you win some, you lose some. Um, I've got Captain's Armband is still on Josh King. Um, yeah. So I didn't own Dennis. I, I was lucky, very <laughs> lucky. Out, mate. It's, uh... oh, <laughs> mate, it, it, yeah. it's one of those, like, when you don't own him and you see him get sent off, like, anyone that says that they didn't, you know, smile a little bit is lying because if you're a Josh King owner this week, you know, you're over the moon because you're already up. Um, and look, I'm not going to lie, though, I was very close as well to doing that minus four, not four journey. I was actually going to bring in the double up with with Dennis King. So, you know, there is a bit of luck there as well. I, I didn't do it. So I've got this one more game out of King uh, for Watford. Not really expecting too much anyway. Um, but yeah, like, okay, it's a very small red arrow right now. But if, if King does score a goal with some bonus, I'm expecting to hopefully climb Maybe another 20k places. I think I'm ranked about 146k now, which you know it's, it's it's good considering. I think when I last come on your pod, I was about 38k. Yeah, um, and then I went all the way down Nothing to, to do is the pod I might have. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then I come on, and then I went all the way down to about 380, 400k, and that and that I just couldn't. I just kept going down and down and down, and then the last two game weeks I've, I've halved my rank again. So um. You know, you can really like a lot of people, you know, you get people 500K, 700K, 900K or a million and they get, you know, they get down about their rank. But like it literally just it's just a rank and it and it takes one or two good game weeks and you're back up there anyway this season. So, um, yeah, you know, we'll see how it goes. I'm expecting to get a lot of green arrows after this podcast. Yeah, definitely. And it will definitely have something to do with the podcast. I can guarantee that depending on the result. <laughs> um yeah, no, you are right. I think I was six weeks ago, I might have been about 70K, and now I'm sitting like 4K. So I could easily, I mean, drop down if it if it's a bad day, if King hauls. But I was um, I was actually celebrating when Dennis got the uh, minus two, even though he was in my side. But I just know <laughs> that a lot of people captained him. So I was laughing all the way to the bank till Sterling got taken off on the 59-minute mark, and I only got two points. So <laughs> it wasn't much better. But um, we might get on to the, the Australian Twitter League template team. So for week 22, um, the lineup was De Gea, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Alonso, Cancelo, um, Bruno, Bowen, um, Joda, Gray, Captain Ronaldo, Antonio, and Dennis. So finished the week on 76 points. So it was actually good to get another victory over the template team because it's I think it's only been about three this season. So I'll, um, I'll take it and run. And... Um, They've fallen. They've went from thirty nine k down to twenty six k. So a pretty decent green arrow for the template team. But I mean, it, it's a good feeling, Demo, being on top of the the template team. I know you just missed uh-huh. out, but um, still, you know, you decent decent score. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, might get on to the FPL Amateur Oz League. Um, in first place, you got Tom Davies on at fifteen forty one. Uh, he's knocked off the Kong, who's second place on fifteen eleven, and third place is uh oh, who's this manager? Oh, it's me. Uh fourteen ninety seven. <laughs> so the wow. top score for week twenty two was myself on one hundred and thirteen points. So the first and last time I'll be mentioned um, in this section. But Damo, you're sitting twenty sixth on uh thirteen forty seven. So. Not too bad. You started to actually climb a bit with a few of your recent scores. Um, so, uh-huh. I mean, you're on the up, mate. We'll see how far you can get. 
And uh, Matt, you're sitting 17th on 1393. So not too far. It's actually quite close in the league. So a few decent scores. And you you're both going to jump pretty high, I'd say. Well, I can't believe Tom's top now. Every time I look at this league, I've seen FPL Planner first and I was just like, he's not going to move. To see yeah. someone else, to see someone else top, it's um, yeah, it's crazy. This has been a really good league to to follow this year. Um, you know, I'm really just really want to get myself back in the in the top ten. I think that'll be my aim for the season. Um, you know, it's just unbelievable as well to see where you've got to. Q. I'm pretty sure when I was last on the pod, um, you I don't know you you were just probably sort of mid-table in the league and you've just shut up. It's just phenomenal. Your rank yeah. is phenomenal right now. It's just incredible. I think it's the last four weeks has just been, um, I've been very fortunate for a few decisions I've made which have come off. But, um, I mean, shout out to you, um, FPL planner, mate. I can uh, see you sweating from here and I'm, I'm closing <laughs> in. So don't get too comfortable, God, mate. God help us if you overtake the planner. Just oh, God mate. help us. I... I told him, I said, I'm finally catching you. And, and, you know, he um, was pretty kind. He said, yeah, you know, you're going good. But I know inside he was sweating and he's, um, <laughs> he's, he's plotting. He's plotting a way to take me down, I think. So we'll see how I, we go. I think I prefer the planner uh, on top. <laughs> oh, oh, mate, come on. Oh, you're off the pod, Matt. You're, you're co-host, mate. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm going to be impartial and, and – uh, you know, I like I like both Q and and the planner, so I'm just gonna I want to be that fence sitter for this one because. <laughs> um, but look, I also do like a you know an underdog, and you know it's Q probably story, the underdog mate. given given planner's been top all season. So um, you know, I do like to back an underdog. Well, that's that's a race I'm going to be looking out for now. Um, mate, between Grass FC is coming for Analytics FC. <laughs> yeah. I do like the eye test. I do like the eye test. <laughs> uh, I might get into. Uh, the games. Um, we'll start with Watford Norwich. I thought this uh, Watford have looked great the last few weeks, but they played horrible. And I mean, Dennis was the leading charge. He looked very disappointing. I sort of thought out of them two, King was probably the better, even though King obviously didn't do a great deal. But I thought he looked a lot better than Dennis. And I mean, there was that argument a few, uh, like four or five weeks ago, with um, Dennis versus King and Grass FC versus Analytics, but. The I think King's starting to move towards Grass FC because he's actually looked the better um, from the eye test. So, I mean, I'm, I'm probably looking at getting Dennis out. I just have been pretty disappointed the last two weeks. But, I mean, we'll see see how we go. But I sort of might point out just the player um, for Watford, their new signing at the back there, Kamara. I thought he looked really good. He's He seemed to get quite high and he, he seems like he's got um, decent decent techers and... Um, I think, I mean, they're, defensively, they're probably not going to be great all year, but I think he looks on the verge of getting an attacking return, obviously. I think that once he gets a bit more settled, you might start to see him go a bit better, but I think he might be someone worth looking at. And I might touch on Norwich. I mean, I don't think I'd ever want to speak about Norwich, but uh, Sargent, he looked amazing. I think there's been a couple of games this year. It might have been the League Cup game that I saw him first, and he got, I think, a double and an assist that game, and I sort of put him on a bit of a watch list, but then Norwich fell off a cliff. So I haven't really watched much of their games, but, you know, he was looking like peak Messi um, in that game against Watford. So I think he could be an option because they do have some decent fixtures coming up, and if you're wanting to sort of downgrade from, say, maybe like a Tony or even 
even down from Dennis or King, I, I think he might be a decent option just to plug in when they have decent fixtures. But it's only worth about 5.4. So I could see him being a decent enabler of the games coming up. But apart from that, I didn't really sort of enjoy watching the game. I sort of only watched it just for the Dennis Dennis uh, stats. But, um, yeah, apart from that, I didn't really enjoy it at all. How about you, Damo? Yeah, so for me, um, Watford were really disappointing, as you said. Uh, and due to sort of horrible fixtures coming up, uh, given the coaching merry-go-round at Watford at the moment, I think they're just a harder void uh, in terms of assets. Uh, I've been sort of looking at that sort of Dennis conundrum as well, given uh, I've got Dennis as well. But it's it's hard to move him on since, like, I've got a hell of a lot of value sort of tied up on him because I've got him... Uh, real, real early. So I've got to sort of be absolutely certain that I don't want him again before sort of um, getting uh, getting rid of him. And uh, I I sort of want to see, and I know they've got hard fixtures, but I want to see Saar sort of back in that team to see how different Watford plays uh, before I sort of uh, move him on. And, I, and he's not really, there's not really anyone that jumps out at me from, uh, to move him to. So I think I'll keep on to him for a couple more weeks. I think I've got a few other issues in my side with, you know, the Chelsea blanks and a few other uh, underperforming uh, players before I sort of move him on. So uh, in terms of Norwich, um, you know, the next two out of the two of the next five are pretty difficult. Uh, as you sort of said, Sargent is looking promising. Uh, and, you know, can we see more of this goal-scoring form out of him? You know, I know sort of uh, Pookie's sort of getting on in, a, in age a little bit and, um, you know, Sergeant is, uh, you know, can he come out and do what he did uh, this week? So he's sort of a watch and see, I think. And, you know, if he can, maybe he's the uh, replacement we're sort of looking for in terms of Dennis. So... You know, who knows at this stage? Uh, how about yourself, Matt? Yeah, look, I was a Josh King owner. Um, I got King in originally for this run of games, so for the AFCON. You know, and to be fair, like it feels like Dennis has been at the AFCON anyway because he's, you know, he's gone and got a red card. <laughs> he's had a two point. He's had a one point, I think, and um, he's almost yeah, effectively been at the AFCON, and that's why I got Josh King in to begin with. Um, and I was burnt early on because Dennis did get some goals early on. But right now, you know, King, someone, um, see how he goes against Burnley. I might, you know, just have to keep him. Um, I do think if you own Dennis, though, as, like like Damo just said, you know, you've got a lot of value in him. I do think he's worth keeping because he will score goals again. And I do agree with Saar. Once Saar can get back in the team, um, that will be a big lift for Watford as well. Um, but I wouldn't be... Um, you know, if you didn't own Dennis or you didn't own King, I wouldn't be jumping to kind of get them. But if you own them at the, like right now, you know, you might as well just keep them um, as a third striker. They're pretty cheap. Now, Yao Pedro as well. I don't mind him. Um, but other than that, for Watford, probably Foster when he does come back is the only other kind of good cheap option that you'd look at. I thought this game was just, yeah, it was. I thought Watford were terrible, um, and you know, Norwich deserved the win. And then from a Norwich perspective, I've got Brandon Williams, who's hall. You know, for for a Norwich player, he's a you know a couple of halls really, a seven point and a six point haul. Um, but I've benched him both times, so um, you know that's been been a bit of a shame. Um, but he's only three point nine or four million, 
Um, so he's not a bad one if you're on a, on a wild card just to kind of have because he does play. Um, but other than that, I wouldn't be looking at any Norwich players either. So, um, yeah, I thought Norwich deserved the win. Um, obviously, what happened with Dennis was just unbelievable stuff. You know, that's that's the sort of thing, if you don't play FPL, you wouldn't think anything of it. You'd be like, oh, Dennis has been sent off. Because you play FPL, you're just like, wow, like this is just... My life's m- over. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's mind-blowing stuff. Like, you know, on a week where so many people captained him. Um, yeah, it's crazy. But, um, yeah, I thought Norwich deserved the win. Um, obviously, a relegation sort of scrap. And, um, yeah, looking good for Norwich um, now. They've, they've got a chance of survival. So, um, you know, I kind of want them to stay up. I like Dean Smith. Um, you know, and I, and I don't mind, mind Norwich. I, I like um, you know, the likes of Max Aaron's, Pookie, you know, and those sorts of players. So, um, yeah, it'd be nice to see him stay up. No, definitely. Uh, I really feel for the downstairs because not only did he get sent off, he then misses the double game week game that everyone brought him in for. So it's it's just, um, yeah, it's just chaos. So um, I'll just touch on Norwich quickly. They're decent fixtures, which is three games um, start week 27. So sort of Sergeant might be sort of that play you're getting as a bit of an enabler if you do act, uh, activate your wild card then. But... You know, as you said, Dennis is still, you know, an all right option for his price. So definitely probably worth a hold at least for the next few weeks. Just see how it pans out. Um, next game we might get into is Everton and Villa. Well, this is, I reckon this is probably nearly borderline the same enjoyment I got um, watching Watford and uh, Norwich. I sort of, I didn't think Villa played great and I thought Everton probably looked a lot better, but still don't look like the finished product that a lot of people were hoping when they brought in assets. But I sort of thought Watkins flashed with a couple of chances, but I just think that he was a bit of a casualty on how Villa played. I just don't think that they kind of utilised him how they, they have previously. And I sort of thought Coutinho had a pretty quiet game as well. So I think that's just down to the fact that they just didn't play that good. But I sort of thought Bondia was a bit of a, a shining light. He seemed to just be in everything and... You know, he got the goal off the set piece from um, Luca Dean. So, I mean, if you did have Bourne Dean, you took a punt on him, man. It's um, it's starting to look like a decent pick, and I, I really think that it could almost be viable doing the Coutinho Bundia double up, or even the Bundia and uh, Watkins double up, because the last few games Bundia just seems to be everywhere. He's in the right positions. He's getting on the ball. And, um, yeah, he's just probably looking like the best asset at the moment from Villa, but I still am holding out for when they get it together because I think Watkins and Coutinho are really going to um, thrive in the way that um, Gerrard's got them playing. But sort of Luca Dean, I thought, you know, he looked like the old Luca Dean that we got um, excited about owning from Everton. So I think probably going forward, he's a decent option, especially with their fixture run. I mean, he, every now and again, he does do a bit of a brain snap, but... I think the good outweighs the bad in that one. And sort of talking about Everton, there's nothing really positive to say about them, even though they did play better. But I sort of thought Richarlison's probably looked the most likely out of all the assets there. And I, I thought he didn't play too bad this week on um, after getting the goal last week. But I think with their fixture run, if you are looking at an Everton asset, I'd probably nearly go Richarlison over DCL at the moment. But... I mean, DCL still getting match fitness, so we'll see how it goes. How do you how do you look at it, Damo? Yeah, so much the same sort of uh, as you. Um, 
in terms of the um, in terms of Villa assets. I'm, I'm actually quite excited about uh, Villa assets coming up. Uh, I think um, Digne should be targeted to come in ASAP, given uh, their sort of who they've got. Uh, coming up, you know, they've got Leeds, Newcastle, Watford, Brighton and, and Southampton. So that's that five, even without, you know, any sort of d- double game weeks attached to it. That uh, Those five fixtures are quite exciting for um, for Villa fans and um, for, uh, well, you know, for FPL <laughs> managers in general, because I think um, the way that um, Gerard does have them playing uh, is not, nothing short of remarkable. Um but, yes, I, I do think Digne um, should be coming into FPL sides fairly soon. Um, and also, as you said earlier, that Wendy and Coutinho sort of double up does look really good. Uh, you know, although Coutinho did have a quiet game, um, I still think, you know, uh, Coutinho, Coutinho, I think Coutinho makes Wendy look better uh, as an option as well. Like, I've never even thought about Wendy as an option, but... Um, but yeah, they're just sort of looking better. Um, the only sort of downside to uh, how uh, they're playing at the moment is where does um, sort of where does Ings stand uh, in terms of uh, Villa? Because obviously he didn't start uh, over the weekend. Um, uh, you know, Watkins still uh, look looks pretty good, but uh, I think uh, you know for people that are still Ings owners. Uh, it might might be time to to move him on. Um, in terms of Everton, you know what a variety Everton has become. Uh, you know the, the 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 until the coaching situation's known, um, I think Everton's just a hard avoid. Um, you know if you've got Everton assets, keep because you know the next three fixtures are pretty decent. But uh, I wouldn't be bringing any assets in, you know, like uh, obviously, you know, people were burnt from bringing in DCL that little bit early. Uh, and as, you know, as we can, as we've sort of could tell um, previously, you know, uh, I think we should, shouldn't be bringing in uh, players into teams uh, from injury until, you know, at least one or two weeks um that they you know sort of performing so because um yeah like obviously players like DCL um uh, I forgot his name now uh who's the one that plays uh, in at Leeds uh striker being injured? um Bamford Bamford like obviously you know Bamford as well you know he played that one game and then re-injured himself so I think we just need to be sort of, sort of holding on these players just seeing if they're, they're established into the side before we sort of bring him in um yeah uh, how about yourself Matt yeah similar to you guys I thought this game was pretty pretty average um similar thoughts I think Digne is is definitely one to look at um on the set pieces uh, looks really good for Villa um, you know, Target was really good in that position before, but Digne is just that little, uh, probably a bit of an upgrade on him. Um, so really liking him. Coutinho, another one. He's showing some nice flashes. Um, brilliance. I think once they get double game weeks, he could be on the radar. Um, Buendia, obviously got the goal. He, I'm not not quite as keen on him just yet. Um, but I can see why people like him. Uh, Watkins, I own Watkins and, you know, fraud squad, like just... 
the amount of twos I've got from Watkins lately is just um, yeah really poor. But again, I'm going to keep him because there is going to be a double game with Villa coming up, and you know he's he's someone that kind of scores when you least expect it. But I do think once Villa's uh, double game week finishes, I'll probably look to get rid of him. Um, as for Everton, my Calvert Lewin owner, um, yeah, look, it's very true about his injury. Um, he's looked very rusty. He's not really looked fit, but. Again, like you said, you've got to hold him because Everton have got a number of double game weeks. Um, so I might as well just keep. The fixtures look good on paper for Everton, but for me, they're in a, they're in a relegation battle right now. Um, you know, they're right down in 16th. Um, so, yeah, I'm hoping that maybe Calvert-Lewin's built some fitness up now and he gets some sharpness back and I can get some goals out of him. I can have him for the double game weeks. Um and that's really the only reason I'm keeping him and him and Watkins at the moment. But other than that, um, there isn't too many too many others that I'd, I'd really look at. Um, Gordon was someone I really liked from Everton. Um, obviously got that haul a few weeks ago against Brighton. But Ferguson dropped into the bench for this week. But he's someone, if he does start getting the starts again, then you could look at him on a wild card for doubles because he's really cheap. And he's actually probably one of their most lively players. Um, tries to make things happen. But yeah, other than that, yeah, there's there's no one else. Maybe Martinez for Villa potentially could come back on the radar again because Villa do look like they've tightened up a bit at the back. But yeah, this this game didn't give me much. Yeah, no, I sort of thought just it was really a nothing game. Really, it wasn't. I mean, apart from a few chances, they didn't. There wasn't really sort of much going on. So I sort of we are probably going to be faced with a bit of a, an issue when it comes to that double game week because you're going to be choosing between the likes of Martinez, uh, Digne, um, Bondia, Watkins and Coutinho and, you know, you can only have three assets. So, you know, it could be interesting to see where people go with that. Um, might get on to the next game, Brentford and Wolves. I um, might start with, um, with Brentford. I sort of thought they didn't play too bad. They had a fair few chances, but, I mean, this year, Wolves have been really good defensively, and that's sort of been, you know, the catalyst and why they've been going so well. So I sort of thought um, Tony's looked uh, good ever since he changed his haircut, so I'm not sure whether his hair was holding him back or not. <laughs> but <laughs> ever since he got the new haircut, he, you know, he's looked a better player. So, you know, shout out to Tony. Um, I think you've made a good decision there. Um, but outside of Tony, I sort of... Not really looking at anyone, but might get onto Wolves. I sort of thought they played good in attack, but didn't really have anyone that sort of stood out as an asset to own. Sort of, I just don't think really they looked um, look like anyone that's worth bringing in. But sort of defensively again, the likes of Saar, Samedo, Cody, and, and Aiden Nori look like great assets to own because this year they haven't conceded a lot. They seem to base their attack around. They're, they're wide defensive players. So I sort of think if you are looking at Wolves' assets, I think just the defensive um, plays is the where, where I'd go. And, you know, Saar's been, you know, an absolute, um, you know, masterclass in goals every week. He, he seems to be getting the saves. I mean, this week he didn't get as many saves, but I think that was down to Brentford not really attacking like other teams have. But, you know, he gets the save points, he gets the bonus points, and I just think that if you are going a defensive asset, he's the number one at the top of the list for me. But other than that, sort of didn't really um, take too much out of the game. What about you, Demo? Yeah, so 
Uh, for me, I think as uh, I sort of agree with you in terms of Wolves, I think Semedo's um, flashed uh, in attack. Um, you know, he might might be okay um, to bring in sort of as a, as a cheaper option. Um, the interesting one for me is uh, Matinho. Uh, he's four point nine, and you could do wor- you can uh, you could do worse in terms of bringing in a four point nine player that has scored eleven three and 13 the last three games. So, you know, obviously he's sort of nailed in that side. Um, you know, he's getting the returns at the moment, obviously, albeit two out of three games. Um, you know, if you're looking for a really, really cheap uh, sort of M5 midfielder, uh, he could be the way to go. Um, in terms of Brentford, um, I wouldn't be bringing anyone in from Brentford at the moment, given... Um, uh, just who they play next, and that they haven't they haven't really shown um, sort of much at the moment in terms of uh, plays. Like obviously, uh, as you sort of said, Tony has looked good, um, but I think there's some better options at his price anyway. Um, how about yourself, Matt? Yeah, th- this one um, is an interesting one. Um... You know, with Brentford and Tony, I actually thought the same thing when when I saw his haircut and I was like, who's this guy? Um, and his goal was unbelievable. Um, that left foot volley, like such a good finish. And um, it is an interesting one with Brentford and their assets because, um, yeah, they've got... I'm looking at their fixtures now and the next one's tough. City, got Palace at home, Arsenal away, and then they've got Newcastle, Norwich and Burnley. Um but Damo's was, I kind of agree with Damo. It's just like, who are you going to bring in and why? Like, there's just too many other double game weeks coming up and, and better options from other teams. Yeah. So um, you probably would avoid avoid them at the moment. Um, as for Wolves, Matinho is just a bargain at, at that price. He's had a few returns now. Um, definitely someone that you can rely on as a, as a bench player and just start him, um, you know, in a game week where you might not have, uh, you know, you might have an injury and you can put him in and, you know, be quite confident that he might do something. Um, you know, and as for the defence, Wolves have just been so strong all season. I'm pretty sure when I was last on the pod, I had the double up of Semedo and Marcel, um, which I did then get rid of as Wolves um, letting a few goals. And then they went on this ridiculous clean sheet run and I've not benefited from any of it. So um, <laughs> I am thinking with Wolves and their double game, which is coming up, that... One player I really am liking the look of is uh, Saïs when he gets back from the AFCON. Um, if he can get back in the lineup uh, for Wolves, because he, he was playing some minutes before the AFCON. Um, he went away with Morocco and he was he, he had a couple of uh, decent scores. I think he got a haul in, in one of the games. and He's someone I always like for Wolves because he's really good for the BPS because he gets on the ball a lot. Uh, he's a set-piece threat and he, and he sometimes takes free kicks as well, which is really, really random. Um, yeah, he went on. I'm just looking at him. He went on a really good run before um, before the Afcon. So he's someone I'll keep my eyes on at five million. Um, you know, and you've also got bargains like um, Aitnori, um, who's been mentioned. Also, Connor Cody is just a really big bargain. But yeah, Saïs is the one I'm keeping tabs on. Matinho I like as well as part of like a wild card. Um, but other than that, that was probably yeah the defense and obviously Saar as a goalkeeper. So you can maybe double up on the defense. Look at like a Matinho. Um, as a bench rotation, um, but I probably wouldn't look at, you know, Jimenez anymore or, or any of their strikers um, 
but yeah, good win for Wolves and the, the goals in this game were unbelievable. I thought all of the goals, <laughs> the Wolves goals and um, and the Brentford goal was was brilliant. And um, yeah, it was a really interesting game. And um, yeah, there was also the um, the incident where the the players clashed heads from Brentford and they had to get subbed off. That was just bizarre. Um, and then the drone that randomly turned up at the stadium. So, drone yeah, game 2.0. Yeah, this game had absolutely everything. Um, but yeah, a couple of interesting teams at Wolves, yeah, definitely um, liking a couple of their players. I'm glad to see you picked up on the haircut, mate. I sort of thought I was the only one thinking that when I was watching the game. <laughs> I didn't know who it was. When he scored, I was thinking, who's this guy? And then they were like, it's Tony. And yeah, wow, he, um, he was a cracker. He was playing like peak Andy Cole. Yeah, I thought it was Pele for a second. <laughs> well, in some parts, he might be known as Pele. Um, <laughs> looking at Wolves' fixtures, they're actually decent fixtures from week 28 to 32. So I really think that they might be someone to target when you're going for that wild card if you decide to go week 27, 28. So definitely think they might be worth keeping an eye on. And I like um, definitely the shouts to say is I think he does look quite threatening when he does play. So definitely someone to think of and, and he's not that expensive either. So he's probably a good downgrade even for the likes of Rudiger and stuff who you still got them in your team. I might get on to Leeds and Newcastle. I might touch on Leeds first. I sort of thought they've looked better recently. Obviously they knocked off um, that tiny club from London. I think West Ham, whatever the name was. Um, <laughs> But I sort of thought everyone's sort of been talking about Harrison, which, I mean, he's justified. He did get a decent return. He got the hat-trick. But I still think Rafinha looks like the best asset. And I think that he's very unlucky that he didn't get a return on the weekend. I sort of thought he he done enough to at least get an assist and maybe a goal. So I sort of thought the same thing against West Ham. He sort of – I thought he played better than Harrison, but just didn't get the return. I think there was a few people that duff shots when, you know, he put it on a platter. So – I think Rafinha is still the best asset from Leeds, but, I mean, the Leeds still don't look like the Leeds from last year, so might be worth waiting if you don't own him yet, but their fixtures aren't too bad at the moment, so I wouldn't begrudge anyone bringing him in, but I probably wouldn't be getting in Harrison because I just I feel as though there's not a big enough sample size to sort of to go all in on him because he could very... Um, he could pretty much go back to where he was before this week, uh, before these last two weeks. So I'd probably be looking at Rafinha if you're picking between him and Harrison and, and touching on Newcastle. I sort of thought Trippier looked really good again and, you know, he got into the bonus as well. He just looks like, even though Newcastle's defense isn't great, I just think the attacking um, threat that he provides sort of similar to Tierney, I think he's worth getting in your side for when Newcastle's fixtures do turn because, I mean, even if they do concede goals, I think that he's going to be getting getting a few assists and, and breaking into the box and even possibly getting a goal. So, And he does take corners every now and again as well. So I think he might be worth looking at. But um, sort of outside that, I'm not really looking at St. Max at the moment, but I still think when their fixtures do turn, he's probably worth looking at. Um, but, yeah, that's it for me. How about you, Damo? Yeah, for me, I, I agree with you in terms of uh, Leeds assets. I think Rafinha is the one to have. Um, I don't really like anyone else in that uh, Leeds uh, team at the moment. Uh, as I sort of said earlier, I do feel sorry for um, for Bamford as he just can't get on the park at the moment. Um, in terms of Newcastle, um, I agree as well. Like in terms of Trippier, he looked uh, decent. Uh, but my only question is, can we trust Newcastle to actually keep keep clean, clean sheets? Or are we... Because when you, whenever you're 
picking up a, a defender, you primarily pick them up for those sort of clean sheets and then attacking returns our bonuses. So I, I don't know if we can sort of rely on um, Newcastle to keep those clean sheets uh, for Trippier to be viable. But, you know, 5.0, is he, he's a decent price for a um, an attacking sort of defender. Uh, how about yourself, Matt? Um, yeah, this game, very similar thoughts. Rafinha, he's been one of my my favourite players, you know, for a couple of years. I was raving about him last year in, in FPL and um, I own him in, I think, both both my draft teams, but not actually in my classic team anymore. Um, but he is someone, I think, he's someone that delivers. He just can't get that double-digit score, I find. Like, he always looks so good on, on the eye test and... You know, gets in so many good positions and, um, you know, he just can't quite, um, you know, get those double-digit hauls or a game like this where you expect him to get a 15-pointer. He comes out with a couple of points and, you know, he can be a bit like that. But I think for his price, um, he is still such a bargain. Um, whilst Bamford's out, he's on set pieces, he's on pens. I'd probably say for his for his price, um, the only two that have been better than him this season are um, Jared Bowen and... Um, and Conor Gallagher, um, you know, maybe um, maybe Saka at Arsenal, but maybe um, Magic Madison as well. Yeah, Madison as well. Um, but I think yeah, Rafinha's um, yeah definitely one that you can kind of have in your team, and you you, you just feel you know like you, you kind of feel safe knowing that he's on the ball a lot, and that if Leeds do grab something, a goal, he's normally part of it. So I do really like him. Other than that, for Leeds. Yeah, no one else. Bamford, obviously not back in the side yet. Um, you know, Harrison didn't follow up, you know, his hat-trick from last week. Stuart Dallas has just disappeared for FPL this year. So um, <laughs> probably no one else um, at the moment. As for Trippier, um, really good signing for Newcastle. But I just think I can definitely see the um, the value with his potential set-pieces. Um you know how many, how much he gets on the ball, um, the crosses. I, I do think he's someone when Newcastle win a game, um, he's going to be really high up in the BPS because he's on the ball a lot, um, and they're giving him a lot of the ball because he's he's obviously you know a, a class above a lot of their players. So um, you know I, I do like him in that aspect. I just think for five million, you know, you're, there's still you know you're going to have Trent. People are going to look at Robertson now. You're going to have Cancelo. So then outside of that. Do you want to have Trippier or do you want to have, um, you know, like a Saiz um, or a, Nor- El- a Nori or a Connor Cody, um, you know, or maybe even a Tierney or a Gabriel from Arsenal who have got, you know, a lot of doubles and, and stuff. Um, so, like, that's kind of where I sit with Trippier. It's like I feel like there is slightly better options. But at the same time, it would be interesting if he got some big scores and then people were, you know, all of a sudden bringing in the Newcastle defender. Um, other than that, yeah, St. Maximum, I think definitely someone that's going to be on people's radars when, when Newcastle play their, their double game week. Um, you know, he's been pretty good for his sort of points uh, per, for his price range. Um, but yeah, they're probably the only two. Um, obviously keep an eye on any new car, other Newcastle signings that they might make. Um, but they're probably the only two I thought. Um, yeah, I didn't own Rafinha, so it was you know nice to see him blank this game week. But um, you know, I'm sure I'll find find him back in my team at some point. 
Yeah, well, uh, a friend of the show, old D10, he's um, all about Rafinha. I'm pretty sure yeah. Rafinha was the, the person who created Grass FC. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the only other Newcastle player I'll look at is probably Hallen when he signs um, in the next week. So, <laughs> <laughs> Just joking, that's sad. I was going to say, yeah. It's definitely not going to be happening, but... <laughs> Uh, next game I might get onto was uh, Manchester United versus Little West Ham. Um, I sort of thought it was a it wasn't too bad of a game. Probably wasn't as as action packed as I was hoping, but I sort of thought Ronaldo was probably a little bit unlucky. He did have two chances where you know he come close to finishing, but just just didn't seem like the services there from that game. I sort of thought Bruno flashed a little bit earlier on in the game, but. As the game went on, he sort of started to sit a bit deeper in attack and sort of tried to create from sort of the halfway line, which is good for, for Manchester United, but not great for fantasy. But sort of thought Dello had a pretty good game. He played quite high, um, had a few chances, probably was unlucky not to to get a return. But I sort of thought it was a, a good performance by United, but still showed shaky signs at the back there. And we're probably lucky that West Ham wasn't wasn't on like they have been throughout the year because it could have been a different result. But sort of thought Bowen had it was pretty quiet, but he had a couple of chances that you know he he usually would have finished. But outside of that, I sort of thought it was just you know a, a good victory by Manchester United with uh, Super Rashford coming off the bench and getting a uh, a clear onside goal, which I thought was pretty impressive. But that's about it from the game. How about you, Demo? I know you're pretty um excited about the result, mate. <laughs> well, I can say this. I um, Because I was away and I didn't have any reception, I didn't manage to actually watch the game live uh, or else I reckon I would have uh, flipped my TV or something given that uh, <laughs> uh, it seems to, to be that uh, Fergie time is back at Man United, you know, getting all these dodgy, you know, uh, results right at the end of games when they don't deserve it. But, uh, <laughs> I digress, I digress. Um uh, VAR uh, is a bit of a foul beast. It's you know <laughs> one week it can be great, one one week it can't. Uh, just that uh, the consistency is sort of across the board is pretty sort of shocking. Uh, so VAR, you can kiss my ass. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> um, in saying I can that, taste the salt from here, mate. I yeah, can taste yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, look. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I was going to say, you know, congrats, uh, Quentin, but uh, I, I don't think I will. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, mate. I, uh, off air, um, you actually said we were, we were the better side, and that you know, it's 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 our time to shine now. West Ham isn't massive anymore. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see if you can uh, keep up with the performance, or you uh, uh, go to shit like you normally do. But uh, but look. Uh, look in terms of the game itself, um, I think in terms of West Ham, um, Ariola should be given a bit of an extended run in the team now. I think um, in terms of goalkeeping-wise... Uh, Is that how you say his name? Is it Ariola or Ariola? <laughs> no idea. I'm assuming Ariola. Well, let's just run for Ariola. But um, we can call him the nipple, you know. It doesn't really matter. Uh, <laughs> Um, look, I think he should be given a bit of an extended run in, in, in the team now. Um, he, you know, if we don't do that, then, like, he's on, I think, a, 
a loan spell at the moment. So we're going to lose him if we if we don't. Um, and I'm not sure where Sam stands in terms of signings because we haven't made any yet. So a um, bit annoyed at my team at the moment. But, uh, you know, what can you do? But, uh, but yeah, so I think he should be good um, as a... Uh, as a de- defender option um, with the, sort of our run coming up. Um, in, in terms of the next four, I think Soufal is a very is really promising as, a, as an asset. Um, I think now that uh, Zuma is back and he's quite a reliable uh, defender, uh, quite a reliable centre-back playing back there, I think that just opens up... Um, uh, for a potential to, for Sufal to have more attacking returns. Um, uh, in terms of anyone else, um, Bowen's probably my only sort of dead certainty asset at the moment for West Ham. Um, so, you know, at a sort of minimum, I think everyone should have Bowen in their, in, in their, in their sides because, you know, he is a decent player um, and he's been getting some decent returns. Um but uh, yeah, like if I was to pick any other any other players, I'd say uh, Sufal, potentially Ariola, um, Antonio. I don't know, but given in this break here, he's going to be playing three times for Jamaica. So uh, he'll come back be, as just skin and bones. There'll be nothing he, left of him. But see, instead of resting <laughs> him like we should be, he's you know off you know potentially playing. Uh, 180 minutes of football, so I'm not going to um, sort of say, yeah, you know, you should jump on him because of our, you know, our run. The next, the next four is great because who knows, um, you know, how he's sort of going to come back. And he hasn't been, uh, he hasn't lit up the world on fire at the moment. Um, in terms of uh, Manu, uh, like De Gea's. Uh, quite, you know, like I, I think De Gea is a, quite a good asset to have. I think he's only 5.2. Um, I, if I had to pick, if I had to pick a goalkeeper that I'd have um, for the next, you know, say five or six game weeks, it would probably be either De Gea or Saar because they're, they're the two that sort of um, are the standouts at the moment. Um, Dallow has looked quite good, as you sort of said earlier. Um, he, I'm sort of looking at what I've written, but I don't know whether, you know, Bruno potentially, um, even Rashford, like um, where where do, um, in terms of Rashford, uh, Quentin, do you think that he's going to be in the side long term or um, starting or like where, because he's an interesting one because he's 9.5, so he's probably a touch on the expensive side, but... Um, yeah, like I quite like um, uh, Rashford. Like, is he going to be given a bit of a, a run, or what do you think? I think they're going to be maybe rotating him in and out, and I think they do have a double fixture coming up possibly. So, I mean, I'd like to see him start, but I'm just I'm just not sure where their heads at. Whether they're going to persist with Greenwood out out wide, but. I think that he might be an all right asset to have because even when he is on the bench, he's still getting 15, 20 minutes and he's proven not just this year, but last season that he can get goals off the bench as well. So, but then again, I guess if you're paying that much money, you kind of, you want him to be starting most weeks and, and Sancho has been, I think away at a relative's funeral. So 
he's had sort of personal leave. So still not sure how that's going to factor in either when it comes to and now with the uh, uh, sort of, I guess, how Alenga's been playing, you know, there's another spinner in the work. So it's just going to be interesting to see how it pans out. But outside, I probably wouldn't be going anyone outside Bruno, De Gea or um, Ronaldo. Sort of those are the three probably most nailed, reliable assets. But Bruno on top for me, I think he's a decent option and I'm sort of seeing how I can sort of transfer Ronaldo out and get Bruno in. But we'll have to see. How about you, Matt? Yeah, it's an interesting one with uh, some of these these Man United players. They're, they're slowly starting to come back onto to my radar again. Um, definitely more so from a defensive point of view. Um, De Gea, who's not in my side yet, but I think with double game weeks coming up, he could be a, obviously a really good pick. I think he'll be popular. Uh, Dallow, who you've mentioned as well, he's a good price. Um, so they're probably the two from the defensive options. Uh, Ronaldo... Yeah, he's just not proven his price at the moment. Um, you know, and this is, a, again, another one of those games where I just thought, you know, oh, I love Ronaldo. He's obviously a, a top player. I just find Bruno just can't find his way into matches uh, from an FPL point of view with Ronaldo there. Um, you know, but when Ronaldo is not there, Bruno just, you know, gets the points and, and he, you know, looks really good. But um, I'd probably be eyeing up those two, De Gea, Dallo, and then... Rashford, I'm really liking him as well if he gets back in the team. Looks like he's got some confidence back. Um, and then it's probably, yeah, I think for United. Um, there's not really too many others I'm I'm kind of sold on. I think, yeah, mainly the De Gea Dallow kind of double up for a double game week is quite good. Um, it's quite yeah. well priced. Um, I do think that goal was offside, by the way. Sorry, but <laughs> I do think it was offside. If the Harry game won against Southampton was offside. Um, then that one was offside. But, you know, apparently the VAR has got to be consistent now. And, and, you know, they've got to allow those goals. If that one's not offside, then they've got to, they've got to allow these goals. And um, I do think the wild celebrations probably played a part in um, in that, um, possibly. Um, as for West Ham, um, yeah, it's an interesting one. I think, yeah, Bowen definitely, if you've got him, you keep him. He's a mainstay for, you know, probably the rest of the season that, at the moment, um, he went on a really good run in this game. I think he took it around two or three players, and you know he's unlucky not to score. And he was—he's just always a threat. Um, I'll probably say he's sort of the key from West Ham at the moment. Um, Soufal, who's mentioned as well, um, you know, interesting one. Got a, got a couple of good games, um, but I think for me, I'm just going to stick with Bowen. I probably won't add too many other West Ham assets right now. Um, and like Damo said with Antonio, with all these international games, um, it's just. You know, his legs are already looking a little bit tired. It probably would have preferred him to be rested. I think if you own him, though, you keep him because West Ham have got a nice game against Watford uh, in the next game week. So, um, yeah, I think from this one, it was a tight game. You know, a draw, I think, probably would have been fair. Um, no. Nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, from, from FBL, I'll be looking at, at De Gea, Dallo, um, you know, and, yeah, one of Rashford or Bruno. I'm probably leaning more towards Rashford with the fact that um, you know, he is, he is more in that kind of striker position. Um, and I'm, I'm preferring those picks and that triple up uh, more so than Ronaldo. I'm just not finding the, you know, the value in, in Ronaldo. And um, yeah, it's just, um, 
You know, I think it's it's been a little bit of a trap lately. Um, and I think you'll just get more out of De Gea, Dallo, and then one of Rashford or Bruno, and definitely leaning more to, towards Rashford because of his um because of his position and because he looks like he's coming into a bit of form. But yeah, definitely the defence. I thought you were about to say because of his uh, nice perm and um high lines. <laughs> and that too. <laughs> um, well, we might get on to the next game, which is Southampton, Manchester City. I sort of I might start with Sterling. I was actually probably more impressed than disappointed that he missed that shot because it was. A, I think it might have been about the four yard line, and the keeper was sliding across, and he pretty much picked out the keeper's leg, which you know most people would say impossible, but Sterling now uh, showed that anything's possible if you if you put your mind to something. So. He um, it was pretty disappointing seeing that chance. Then I think he missed the second chance as well. So, and then um, Pep thought it'd be pretty cool to troll all of Sterling's owners and take him off on the fifty-nine minute mark, which stopped him from getting the the extra point for playing two halves. So, pretty disappointing. I sort of thought City were a little bit underwhelming. They, they, I mean, they had their chances, but I still thought Southampton started the game a lot better. And you know, Broha. Was probably unlucky not to come away for goal. I sort of thought Cancelo, you know, played his usual game, but obviously they, they just weren't firing. And you know, outside a couple of chances from De Bruyne and, and the likes of Sterling, I sort of there wasn't much to offer from City. And I sort of thought um, Southampton actually showed re- um, that they'd be really good in attack. And I know you um, said uh, I think it might have been a couple of days before I chose the captain Sterling that you know be wary because Southampton you know have looked quite good at home and I sort of just poo pooed you and um, did, did the Sterling captaincy and you know watching the game actually they did look quite impressive and I sort of thought outside Broha I sort of thought um, their other midfielder uh, what's his name uh, Redmond I sort of thought he looked quite good as well and, and Kyle Walker-Peters um, his goal was just yeah, it was just pure filth. So, sort of thought he played pretty good, but sort of I don't mind the option of people doing the double up in um, Manchester City's defensive line with Laporte. I think you know he's looked quite good on set pieces. He's looked quite attacking, and you know I really think it's viable at the moment for their run to have the Cancelo Laporte double at least till Champions League kicks back off, and then might be worth just seeing what they're going to do with their team lineup and. You know, KDB still looks good and, you know, he was on um, on corners as well. So, you know, people that have taken the punt of KDB, I, I think that, you know, he's been pretty good the last few weeks. But outside of those players, I'm not really sort of looking at anyone. Foden flashed a little bit, but it's just not sure what the pet roulette's going to, you know, entail it for that for each game week. It could be Foden one week and then he could be on the bench the next week. But outside of that, that's sort of all I'm looking at. What about you, Demo? Yeah, so for me, um, in terms of Southampton, I'm not going to be looking into getting anyone in. Uh, just, uh, just not liking Southampton at the moment. Uh, in terms of Man City, I think um, one that sort of, well, I think that they he's sort of slipped under the radar a little bit, um, and he's probably someone that I'll be looking into bringing in this week uh, for next. Obviously, for next week, given that uh, this week. Seems to be going on forever. Um, is Laporte? Uh, Laporte is a really, really interesting one. I think he's, I believe he's only five point six million. I could be wrong, but yeah, I think, I think it's he's 5. fairly. 6. Yeah, it's a five point seven now. Actually, I think he's so price rise, but he's only seven point nine percent owned. And just to sort of read off 
some numbers. I'm just going to read off some numbers. I've got it, I've got it up here. I had this pre-prepared. But um, <laughs> from game week 16, so from game week 16, he scored 7, 6, 6, 10, 6, 6, 7, 10. So the man doesn't know how to blank. Um in saying that, it probably blank this week. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but since that run for me is absolutely sensational, uh, and he's definitely on the radar of being the one that takes over the my Chelsea defender spot. So, um, but yeah, I understand they play Brentford this week. So uh, you know, in terms of potential for another clean sheet and potentially attacking returns, it's fairly high. Um, uh, other than that, you know, like if you've got Cancelo, I'd keep him. He's still a great asset. Um, KDB is always an interesting one because he's that little bit more expensive. So you sort of have to toss up who you're going to get um, in that sort of price range. But I think if he was sort of sitting at Sterling's price, I would hazard to say that everyone, every man and his dog um, would have um, him in their sides. So, but um, given that he's sort of at that sort of Salah price rather than the Sterling price, um, it's really hard to decide whether to bring him in or not. Um, but he's definitely one that um, is on my watch list at the moment. Uh, how about yourself, Matt? Yeah, look, commiserations, uh, Sterling owners on this one. Sorry, Q. <laughs> you, you're doing unbelievable at the moment. Mate, so Sterling, uh, Sterling bronze he was, mate. Sterling bronze. Oh, that miss. And then, obviously, that's just Pep when he does that. He, he did that to me with, with uh, the many other managers, with Foden a couple of months back when he took him off and, and Foden come out with a one point and uh, he could have come out with three. Um but um, Southampton really impressed me in this game. I completely agree with the Brozier stuff. I do not know how he didn't get a hat-trick. Like, this loud goal, he's hit the woodwork. And, yeah, he's won. Um, again, if you own him right now, even through some of these tougher games, you just keep him and, and play him because he, he's just a pain and, he, and he's a good player. Um, Laporte is one that I can see a lot of people moving for as well. Um, again, I'm a little bit a little bit of me. It's just like, I wish I'd thought a bit more outside the box and obviously done him over Cancelo for now and then bring Cancelo in you know, in the next game week or in, in the wild card because I've kind of got to a point where I've gone so long without him I could have just continued it and you know, Laporte, <laughs> Laporte is looking a threat. Like I looked at his last sort of five or six scores and um, he, he's, he's done really well even in comparison to a Cancelo. Um, yeah, De Bruyne, I owned him about four or five game weeks ago. I, I did him in the game week that... Cancelo hauled 18 points against Newcastle and I said I'm going to gamble and do De Bruyne instead. De Bruyne didn't hit in that game. Since then he's had some you know really impressive scores. I owned him for a couple. Didn't own him for this one. Will I look to put him in? It's a very tough one with De Bruyne because he's world class. He's an unbelievable player. Um, but you can get games with Man City where they win 3 or 4-0 and he, he actually doesn't always get the returns. Lately the thing is he is on that form where you know, he's actually getting shots and goal and he's looking fresh and he's looking good. But the Champions League's coming up. And I think once that comes up for City, it could change a lot. Um, he might be rested, I think. Yeah, rested or, you know, they've got like some games where they play like Norwich as an example. And then in the week following that, they've got Lisbon away in the Champions League. And I'll look at that and I'll think, you know, you might get an hour out of the Bruyne, hope the game's won and then he comes off. 
because um, City have a big focus on the Champions League. Um, but yeah, I think the ones mentioned, Cancelo's obviously nailed on for a lot of people's teams. Um, Laporte's looking good. Uh, De Bruyne, I think if you if you own him, um, you obviously keep him through this next couple of games. But if you don't, I'm not sure if you really need to rust him because if you're if you're a Bruno Fernandez owner. And Man United have a double game week in 25. You probably want to keep if you're not using a free hit or you're not wildcarding. You probably yeah. want to then keep. Um, and then if you've got Salah coming back and you don't own him and him coming back from the AFCON, you probably want to prioritise bringing Salah back over KDB. Um, yeah. Because for me, buying KDB for this next sort of two games, the Brentford and the Norwich one, I feel like after that... Um, Salah becomes more more important, and I just feel the Champions League could play a part. But um, yeah, phenomenal player. He's getting points. He's looking threatening. Um, as for anyone else from Man City, I think they're probably the keys. Um, Foden's kind of dropped off a bit lately. Uh, Bernardo's dropped off lately. Um, but yeah, Laporte, Cancelo, maybe a Diaz, De Bruyne are probably sort of the only ones I'd kind of be aiming for. I think there's just too many. Um, Albeit there's there's just so many options, um, you know, and even like your Ster- the pick with Sterling, you've got to pick them uh, on the right game weeks or, or Amares, you've got to have them on the right game weeks. They're not someone you can have for, you know, 38 game weeks and expect consistent returns because they've just got too many options. But um, yeah, Southampton, Broha and James Ward-Prowse, <laughs> like, what a player. Um, you know, he's been on a phenomenal run and I think Southampton might have a couple of double game weeks as well, and James Will Prowse is someone. If you're on that wild card, you're on that free hit, and there's a double game week, get him in. He's just brilliant set pieces, pens, um, really, really good player to own. So that's that's probably where I'm at with with these teams. No, I like it. I sort of might touch on Sterling quickly. I, you know, I've spoken about Grass FC, and you know, he's the true meaning of Grass FC, where you know he looked, re- he actually looked quite good in the game, but just obviously just couldn't finish. And I think coming up with their Champions League run, they're obviously going to be resting players because, I, in my opinion, I think they've got the league already won, so they're going to focus more on the Champions League. And I actually think that Mahrez and Sterling are probably going to play three out of four games in the league. And I think that Foden's probably going to get rested as well as uh, Grealish and Kevin De Bruyne for the Champions League. That's... I, I, in my honest opinion, I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I think so as well. I might get on to the next game is Arsenal and Burnley. I sort of thought um, Arsenal this season, you know, from where they started to where they are now, you know, completely different side. And I sort of thought Lacazette just looked amazing this game. It's sort of it's one of those plays you see. They just didn't pressure that much that you're almost tempted to just get him in straight away. And, you know, he looked so dangerous. He's probably a bit unlucky not to get a return because there was a couple of chances that he had that, you know, there's a couple of block shots, I think, that most most times, you know, it finds its way through into the goal. But I sort of thought he was quite impressive. And, you know, Saka started the game pretty quiet, but that second half, you know, he was back to his best where he was just, you know, skinning people for fun and, you know, putting the razzle on. And I sort of thought he was probably a bit unlucky not to, you know, get a decent return because he did create quite a fair few chances. But obviously um, the person who was pulling all the strings was Odegaard. I sort of thought he had another good game. Probably not a a good fantasy game, but definitely I think he plays more advanced. And and Smith-Rowe got into some good positions as well. So I sort of think that Odegaard's sort of the 
the one who orchestrate the attack there. But definitely with um, they've got that blank possibly game week 24, I think it is. But there's rumours that the Wolves game might be, might be moved to game week 25. So I sort of think that if you are playing that wild card around that sort of week 26, I think, you know, it might be worth looking at a couple of Arsenal assets. And, you know, I wouldn't put anyone off getting Lacazette up front or even Saka in the midfield, you know, two two plays that I'm sort of keeping an eye on. But outside of that, I think um, twenty. I think it's week 26 to 34 they have decent fixtures. So definitely be keeping an eye on um, Arsenal assets. And sort of from Burnley, you know, I tried really hard to watch them closely because they're going to have about 500 million games to catch <laughs> yeah. up. But... I mean, as I've said in previous weeks, you can't polish a turd. So, you know, you could have 50 game weeks and it doesn't make Brownhill, Lionel Messi, you know. So, but outside that, didn't really take much interest. I might look at Cornet once he's back from AFCON, but outside that at the moment, I'm sort of not looking at Burnley at all. What about you, Damo? Yeah, I agree with you about Burnley. I think um, other than Cornet, uh, when he comes back, um, you know, like unless... Unless Burnley have something ridiculous like, uh, you know, uh, quintuple game week where they have <laughs> four or five Looking games Looking for in my row. eight points from Brownhill. <laughs> Unless they have something like that, um, I won't be having anywhere near three Burnley assets in my side all year. Um, I'll be like, uh, lucky to have one, even if they do have the double or like a double or a triple. Um, in terms of Arsenal... Uh, I, I know that they, as you said, they blank two out of the next five. But, um, you know, if you're looking at options, um, if you're on your wild card or, you know, you're going to wild card soon, I wouldn't uh, look past Tierney. Um, I think he's, uh, ever since he sort of got, he was either injured or dropped. I think it was injured and then dropped um, as, uh, as after he's sort of come back from that, he had, just hasn't put a foot uh, a foot wrong. So um, definitely one to look uh, out for 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 Arsenal. Um, yeah, I sort of wouldn't be looking at their attacking players at the moment just until um, we can see a sort of more consistency in their in, in their side. But uh, but yeah, that's sort of where I stand on that on them. Uh, how about yourself, Matt? Yeah, Tierney's one I bring in this week. So from from an Arsenal point of view, I'd say he's probably one of their better assets. I think Gabriel in in defence is always a bit of a threat too. Um, Ramsdale, I think as well. I've I've not got him. He's obviously had a really good FPL season. I think if you don't own him, he could be one to look at for these double game weeks coming up, Um, especially on like a bench boost. You know, even in this game against Burnley, who... You know, they're a bottom three side. He still managed to get two bonus points. So, um, yeah, he's definitely one to look at. So, like in Turney, like in Gabriel, Ramsdale. As for the kind of other end of the pitch for Arsenal, um, yeah, Smith-Rowe's died off a bit lately. He did have a couple of chances in this one. Saka's probably someone I'd look more so at on a, on a kind of a double game week. Um, there isn't really too many kind of attackers from Arsenal I'd kind of look at on, on single game weeks. I think the defence and, and Ramsdale are... Probably the better options at the moment. Um, they did obviously have chances though, um, but I think yeah, the defence is, is where to look at. I think that's where the value is. Um, as for Burnley, yeah, they've got so many games in hand, um, but they're not good games in hand. I think looking at the games in hand, I can actually see them losing a lot of them. And um, 
you know, maybe they, look, I know they can be a tough team every night on, the, on their day and that, but I just feel um, Cornet is the only Cornet and Pope are probably the two. I think Cornet, when he comes back, he's on set pieces um, and he, and he is actually a goal threat against any club. So he's someone that you could potentially look at. And then, you know, with him, you own him and you're going to get a double game week out of him for maybe four weeks in a row. So he would then be a really, really good player to have. Don't think I'd ever captain him. Um, but you just never know if his form's good. So maybe Cornet when he's back. And then Pope, um, just because the volume of save points he gets, which puts him up on the BPS. So he could have a double game week against, um, you know, say, a Liverpool and a, uh, a Man City, as an example, and lose both games um, you know, 3-0, but still come out with eight or nine points. So, um, you know, it's probably Pope's the only other one I'd look at. So there is still options. There's still, you know, you could wildcard and have Pope as your second keeper. Um, but yeah, you'd, you'd want to try and hope that, you know, Burnley can kind of keep the scores a bit lower and, and stuff. Cause but yeah, they're, <laughs> they just don't inspire me too much from a double game week perspective. I look at it and think Burnley, if you look at those double game weeks, would you bring any of their players in if that fixture was a single game week? And to be the honest, it would be no. It would be no. It would be no. Maybe Cornet mm. if he was on form and you're watching him and you're like, this guy looks good. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't. So um, it's probably it from an FPL perspective. As for the game, yeah, nil-nil draw. It looks like Arsenal had a lot of chances, but um, yeah, they obviously just couldn't, couldn't get the goal and, and break them down. It's actually a good, really good result for Burnley. It does show some promise. I guess from the defensive point of view that Burnley can keep those clean sheets again, but yeah, I wouldn't be rushing to rush into their players. No way. <laughs> no, definitely. If you are rushing to get their players, I think you um, need a sanity test or something. Um, might get on to the next uh, game, which is Crystal Palace and Liverpool. I sort of thought Liverpool obviously played the better game. I sort of thought outside Gallagher's goal, I didn't really see too much from Gallagher. I sort of, I was very impressed with Elise again, you know, he started a few times this year and he just looks amazing. He's just a great footballer to watch, but it just you're just not sure if he's going to start every week, obviously, because they've got so many attacking weapons up front there. And, you know, the likes of Eze is on the bench. Um, they'll have uh, AU that'll come back from AFCON. Got Benteke still. You know, there's a lot of mouths to feed there, so I'm not sure whether he will start every week, but, you know... If I had my way and I was managing that side, you know, I'd find a way to put him in that side because he just looks electrifying. So, but outside, he's a real talent. He's a real talent, that kid, mate. He um, is uh, another Grass FC and Razzle FC player. Yeah. Oh yeah, he looks brilliant. Cool haircut as well. Yeah, exactly. And that's <laughs> that's usually part of the the Razzle starter kit. You got to have the cool haircut, the footwork, and um, the the goals. So, you know. He, he's definitely a, a good candidate for Razzlers. Um, sort of thought from a Liverpool perspective, Robertson, you know, continues to get another return. You know, I think he's only blanked once in the last four games. So I sort of, I think I pointed him out probably four weeks ago. If you didn't have Trent Alexander-Arnold, he might be worth taking a stab at. And, you know, the people that have went the double up, you know, they got rewarded again this week. He, he looked really good. Got on the ball quite a lot. He finished the game for the two assists and he had 87 touches, which in previous weeks when I've mentioned, you know, wingbacks that have anything over, you know, 70 touches, you know, it's a quite an amazing effort and just goes to show how involved he was in the attack, getting, um, getting on the ball that much, you know. I think that 
you know, you might be able to forgo um, Jota at the moment because he's not in great form and possibly even go the double up in the back line when Salah comes back. So I could see a lot of managers maybe looking at that. I'd, I would probably rather have Robertson over um, Jota at the moment, but, you know, I'm probably not going to have the three Liverpool assets um, at all. But, you know, if I was to go three, I'd definitely probably go Robertson over Jota. But outside that, I sort of didn't really look at too much. What about you, Demo? Yeah, um, uh, I sort of agree with you with with quite a number of points um, that you've sort of said in terms of Liverpool. Well, I'm a smart uh, man, mate. So, <laughs> in terms of Liverpool, I think uh, Robbo is definitely the one to go for. Um, and uh, so, like, I've sort of got Robo, Robo um, Jota, uh, TAA and Salah is sort of the main four. Um, I ended up keeping Salah, so I'm hoping that he returns in the next game week. Uh, you know, could potentially even be a point of difference uh, if uh, people are struggling to bring him back in. Uh, in terms of Palace, I, I, as you sort of said, I really like this Elise kid. I think I'm hoping that he um, he starts a bit more regularly and. Um, yeah, like uh, he's definitely one that um, I'd be looking into bringing in if um, if you can do that and sort of pass that sort of eye test. Uh, how about yourself, Matt? Yeah, I'm loving. I'm loving how uh, we're calling him the Elise kid. <laughs> yeah, he's really really good player. I'll start with Palace. Um, yeah, he's he's looked brilliant um, every time I've seen him this season. Uh, I don't think we'll get consistent starts from him. Um, I think more next season. I think I might have even said it on your on your pod last about Elise or it was on maybe an, um, on, on, on the FBI Alex podcast. Um, I sort of mentioned Elise and I said, I love the look of him, but I think he'll be one for next year. Um, I think he's finding his feet in the Premier League and he's finding his feet into this Palace side. And when he does play, yeah, he looks brilliant. So I think he, he's someone as well. I think if you put him in your, in your side, um, don't be too disappointed if he is benched every now and then because he's not nailed on. Um, but, yeah, real talented player. Um, if, if, if he does nail the place in the side, then, yeah, you, you would want to look at him. But for me, Gallagher's still the best player to, to own from an FPL perspective. His points that he gets, and he nearly scored a couple of goals in this game as well. He's got Norwich next. He's got Brentford yeah. after that. Really good fixtures. Um, he's shown this season he can get you know double digit hauls. He's a great player. Um, I think Gallagher's the one from Palace that, with this next couple of games, you've you know, if you've got a spare space in midfield, like get him in. Um, Edwards an interesting one. I owned him for six weeks and he didn't score a single goal. And then in the last six or seven games, he's had a double digit haul. He's had an eight pointer. He scored in this game. He's just got all the points. So I felt like I got ahead of the curve with Edward because I, I watched him on, on the eye test. Um, but it's just, again, the timing was wrong with him. And, um, you know, in hindsight, he was probably the one I should have kept and Watkins was the one um, I should have um, probably not bring in um, as well. It's, it's one of those, that's FPL though, but they're, they're probably, um, Probably say, yeah, Gallagher, um, Edward, although he's had this good little run again, like you never know with Palace strikers. They like to rotate, they like to bring strikers off. I've, I've noticed with Edward, he got subbed quite early in this one as well. So, um, yeah, probably sort of think Gallagher was really the best option and maybe one of the goalkeepers. I was liking Butland, but if they're going to play Guaita, um, these next couple of fixtures are good for him as well. Um, yeah. 
that's probably it for Palace from me. I thought they did create a lot of chances and look good. Um, unlucky not to get something from the game in the end. But Liverpool, that first first sort of 30 minutes were just unbelievable. And this was without Salah and this was without Mane. And they were 2-0 up. They deserved it. They were just you know, all over Palace. Um, and I thought, yeah, Robertson, he like, like you've said, for he was outstanding. Um, I own him. I own him in my uh, one of my draft sides, and um, he's just been brilliant for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I, I said a couple of weeks ago on a couple of tweets that the Liverpool defensive double up of Trent and Robertson is is viable. And again, I'm looking at it now and think, God, if I, you know, I've gone Cancelo, I could have gone Robertson because <laughs> these fixtures look good for Liverpool, and they've got a double. Um, yeah, and he's just getting some double digit scores. So. Robertson really good. Salah's going to come back into all of our teams at some point. Um, and Trent's obviously already in there. So if you've got Salah, I think now it's Salah, Robertson and Trent. And I think we'll start to sort of see, you know, Yota maybe pushed to the side and moved on a bit. But that can also be quite dangerous because we did see with Salah and Mane um, and Yotta in a three. Yotta Yotta was still getting some big scores and a couple of double-digit scores, and he still gets chances. I know Firmino's there, but um, you know he might not necessarily lose his place. He's been on good form for Liverpool, so um, it's going to be a real interesting one. But I think, yeah, the template will probably revert to Robbo, Trent, and and Salah for now. He just seems to have lost a bit of confidence in front of goals. It's just sort of like he's getting the chances, but he's just not finishing like he was earlier in the season. Mm. Yeah, it's, it seems like that. But I, um, he is someone that, like, as frustrating as he can be to own, he's also so good to own because when you watch Liverpool, he's just always getting chances and he's always in getting in those positions and he just, you know, you always just feel like there's a lot of lot of hope when, uh, you know, you feel good owning him in that, that way that you, he plays for a team that do create a lot of chances on goal. Um, but, yeah, I agree. I think... Um, you know he's um yeah he he has been missing a few but we were it was it was nice that he come away with that uh you know dodgy the, penalty at the end and gave us five points <laughs> i my opinion is i it's not a penalty no way <laughs> he almost uh bought himself a ticket into the postcode of the goalkeeper yeah i i i agree it wasn't a pen but i think again um it's it's hard to blame the player because he's been kind of clattered by the goalkeeper and the you know the touch has taken him away from goal and it's just woeful refereeing <laughs> more well, than anything. It's, it's more probably I blame the VAR in this yeah. one because the VAR is there to you know correct decisions or your fixed decisions, but you know the VAR looked at it and went oh yeah now it's all good penalty, you know I just sort of expected a bit better but. Anyway, might move on to Leicester-Brighton. I sort of thought um, this was a, a decent sort of – it was a decent game to watch. I sort of – I had Madison. I sort of thought he was probably unlucky not to come away with um, with a goal. But, you know, he, he did pull all the strings and attack. He, he was quite involved. They probably just weren't at their best, Leicester. So, you know, outside the DACA goal, I sort of thought they're probably a little bit unlucky not to get a goal. But – I still think Madison's a decent pickup, at least for you know this week and possibly next week. But their fixtures do start to get hard, so I'm sort of looking at him as a I might be moving off him to get Salah back in for the for the next game week. Sort of, it might just depend on obviously um, 
if Leicester gets this double game week. But outside of Leicester, Brighton, I sort of thought they played good again. I sort of thought Kukurea, um definitely thought he had another decent game without obviously getting the return. But, you know, he just... He's just an absolute razzler. He's always down that wing. You know, I've, I've renamed him Kuka, Kuka Razzler. Um, got the hairstyle, the footwork, you know. And then when they do have decent fixtures, when he's getting forward, you know, he features in the bonus quite a fair bit. So I sort of thought McAllister um, outside him, I sort of thought he played really good. He got on the ball quite a lot, had 80 touches, and he, he was also on corners. So I think... With their fixtures, you know, a lot of people jumping on Trossard, but, you know, I'd pr- probably prefer McAllister, a little bit of upside, a bit of a differential pick, but I sort of thought he played quite good and, you know, he seemed like he was only one decent ball away from getting a return. So definitely someone to look at. Um, but outside them, I'm sort of not really looking at anyone else. How about you, Damo? Yeah, so for me, uh, Leicester's uh, pass just due to their fixtures and poor form. Uh, in terms of Brighton, you're right. Um, in terms of Cucurella, uh, quite like uh, him. It's just a matter of where you know where we fit him into our sides, uh, which is a hard one. Uh, and then obviously, uh, I'm still looking at sort of Trussard, but obviously this is after their blanks. I think they blank this week, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so we wouldn't be looking at them for at least another couple of weeks. Uh, how about yourself, Matt? Yeah, this game, I I had uh, Sanchez uh, from Brighton, who come out with four points. I was really happy with that. Um, from a Brighton perspective, I think he, him and Cucurella, who have been mentioned, are probably the only two uh, for me at the moment. Um, so Cucurella, I can't actually pronounce his name either. <laughs> I can't pronounce his name too well. I think with his BPS, um, you know, he's so good on the ball. Um, he's good with the BPS stats. Uh, Brighton have a few double game weeks coming up. He's someone that, you know, is an interesting one. I think if you own him, you obviously keep him. He's caught the eye. Sanchez, a lot of people own him. So, again, with all these double game weeks, you kind of hold him. You don't sell. Other than that, um, you know, Lamptey hasn't started enough games yet. He's coming back to fitness. I know we've seen the likes of Trossard and McAllister, but for me, they're just very hot and cold. You kind of have them for maybe one or two game weeks. They're not players that you want to hold off onto. Um, maybe as a third striker, uh, Malpe is um, is a good shout. Um, got the assist, I think, in this one. Um, he got an assist against um, Palace the other week. So he's he's quite a handy one. Um, I'd normally say Lewis Dunk's a good a good one too, but he's injured. So that's, that's probably where I'm at with Brighton. Um, as for Leicester... Again, if you own Madison, you keep him. Um, really good asset. I know Leicester have got a couple of tougher games coming up, but you know I don't think fixtures matter for him. He, he's definitely a fixture-proof player. Um, James Justin come back on the weekend, who was obviously an FPL god last season until he got injured. Um, but again, I wouldn't be looking at sort of any Leicester fullbacks or defenders right now. They just ship too many goals. Um, Vardy still injured. Wouldn't really be looking at their attack. I know Dakar's... An interesting one, but again, I think you know it's kind of kind of Madison or um, you know no one else at the moment really really interests me from from Leicester. So um, that's probably where I'm at with them. And yeah, I think it, from what I saw in this one, a, a draw was probably um, was probably fair. Yeah, no, definitely. I sort of thought both sides sort of created chances. 
And next up, we've got Chelsea versus Spurs. I sort of thought this is actually quite an entertaining game. I didn't have any plays in this game, but I sort of had, you know, just invested interest just because it was Chelsea v Spurs. But I sort of might start with um, the captain of Grass FC, uh, Zeej. I sort of thought he had a day out. <laughs> you know, he his goal he scored was an absolute worldie. And as I think I mentioned on previous pods, you know, I just wish he'd start every week because... I really think he'd be a great asset to own if, you know, consistently played every week. And, you know, he had 97 touches, five shots and one goal. So to me, that shows that he's, when he's playing, he's the focal point of that attack. And I'm sort of be interesting to see what happens, um, whether he gains a regular spot in the side, because I mean, defensively, he's not great, but, you know, he's playing attacking midfield. You don't need to be good at defense. Um, so the outside him, I'm looking at maybe Reese James um, when he comes back from injury for their decent run of fixtures. I think it might be week 28 at starts. So, you know, I'll be looking at that. Um, but outside that, I'm not really looking at anyone else from Chelsea. I sort of looked at Kane, and, and I know you're probably going to agree with me on this one, Matt, but he's looked outstanding in the last probably four games. Um, and mm. I just think that even though, you know, they don't have the best run over the next five to six weeks, but I still think he's a decent option, and I, and I could actually see him scoring in those harder fixtures as well. So, you know, the way Conte's got them playing at the moment, you know, and Son's going to be back in that side in the next few weeks. I, I really actually think that we might see uh, vintage Kane for the rest of the season. You know, it might be looking at something that might not be there, but, you know, I, I believe that, you know, he's going to go on his run. I'm not sure whether you agree. What What are your thoughts on that, Matt? It is an interesting one with Kane because he's only sitting on five goals at the moment um, at this stage of the season. It's, it's phenomenal to even think that that's the case because um, obviously he started the season so bad. Um, but, yeah, he has looked really, really good in the last few weeks. And, um, you know, in this kind of last month, he could have had a couple more goals if it wasn't for VAR. Um, and in this game against Chelsea, like you know, he did score, and like it looked like a very soft, um, you know, soft goal to be disallowed. Um, and I think Kane is someone that it will be very interesting because he's obviously got such a high price point. Um, but a, we've got a number of games in hand. I think we've still got about four or three games in hand um, against you know teams like Burnley. Um, you know, we've um, I think. If Spurs double, um, you know Harry Kane will want to get his goals up. He's not going to want to end the season on ten goals or seven goals or eight goals. You know he's going to want at least sort of that fifteen to twenty mark. And you know I think if, with with our games in hand, there's still about um, I think eighteen or nineteen fixtures to go. Um, you know so Kane's going to want to probably look to get about ten to twelve goals out of that. I think with I think the thing at the moment that's going to be very interesting is. Uh, with Kane looking a lot sharper again, obviously if he stays injury free, I think we might potentially see this Kane Son link up again that we saw last year, um, you know, for this, this kind of later end of the season. And I think we could get and see a point where we need either one of them or both of them, especially with all these double game weeks. Um, So, yeah, I I, I do agree that um, there's potential there. And, you know, especially with these double game weeks, um, Southampton next as well at home. Um, you know, Son and Kane have both had good records against them before. K 
Kane, I think, is going to get a good rest again now. Um, you know, before the Saints fixture, so they're def- definitely ones to keep an eye on. But again, it's you know, it's price. Um, if you get him in and he just grabs one goal for six points and he's twelve million, it's probably not enough. But if you can get him for the halls, like the Leicester one the other week, you know, got eleven points, but he could have come out with a lot more. Then um, you know, you could be onto something. So I do think with this double game week potential, um, that yeah, he's someone that that could come back onto a lot of our radars. Um, but again, we've just got to wait for those fixtures to be announced. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, what about you, Demo? Yeah, so for me, um, I think with Chelsea, given that they, uh, they're they going to blank, uh, I think, three out of the next four, if I'm mistaken. Yeah, um, and they've got, is it the World Club Cup as yeah. well? Yeah. Yeah, so I would start moving on my Chelsea assets, um, especially if you sort of still got that um, double down back. Um, I would start um, getting rid of uh, basically all Chelsea assets. Um, in terms of uh, Spurs, uh, obviously, as you guys have mentioned, Kane. Um, hopefully, Sonny is back good uh, back soon because obviously Kane um, is always better with Sun in the side in my opinion anyway um, but uh, but yeah other than that I'm probably not looking at too many more um, from Spurs yep no, that's a fair point and be interesting to see um, when Sun will be back because um, and there's mixed sort of news around that he should be back week 27 and some people are saying week 28 so might be just worth keeping an eye on um, we might go on to um, the shit the bed segment. Um, this week, it was a pretty tough decision for me because I, I had a lot of shit in my team, which is pretty much just a team full of shit. But I'm going to go with um, Dennis. It just it was the <laughs> ultimate troll. He, um, he got sent off, uh, so the minus two points. And then because he got sent off, he then misses the second game. So... It was just a single game week for a player that got sent off. So I just really think he just, um, yeah, just shat all through my team. I mean, you know, it was hard to um, distinguish who was the worst because they're just a team full of shit. But, yeah, definitely I thought the biggest troll of the week. What about you, Demo? Yeah, so obviously I like the one that you mentioned in terms of Dennis, but I think uh, I need to put, um, you know, I've got to keep up my appearances and put uh, VAR in the firmly in the the bed uh, segment, given that uh, you know obviously shouldn't have been a penalty, but it was. But you know what can we do? Um, but yeah, so obviously with the consistency around uh, VAR, um, I'm putting the uh, VAR refs uh, firmly in the bed uh, uh, category. <laughs> what about you, Matt? Yeah, look, I agree with both of your points there, especially the VAR. West Ham got burnt by the VAR this weekend. Spurs did as well. Um, so you know, I agree with that. I agree with Dennis. Um, I think overall, I'm just gonna I'm gonna say Watford as a whole. Watford as a team, I think really. Look, I, I personally didn't expect huge amounts from them because they haven't won in weeks. They haven't looked good. But as soon as they got the double against Burnley, the hype started. The build up started. You know, we started to talk about Watford players. That you know, some of us had, didn't even realise played for Watford. You know, the players in defence and midfielders, <laughs> and we were just kind of thinking, you know, let's get this guy and this guy. And I've got to say, Watford, a hundred percent, 
are my candidate this weekend because they were just woeful. Um, they've lost 3-0 at home to Norwich. The Dennis sending off. Um, you know, there just wasn't one good thing to come out of that game um, from an FPL point of view um, or even from a Watford point of view for, for you know, for Watford. It was just, um, <laughs> it was just woeful. Like, you know, we've got a double game week and, you know, it was just terrible. So hopefully they make up for it um, against Burnley. But yeah, it's got to be Watford Norwich. It was just yeah, and that was the start of the game week as well. I still can't actually believe <laughs> believe Dennis got sent off. Like it was just you just couldn't write this stuff. Like like I said earlier on in the pod, if you don't play FPL, it means nothing. But if you play FPL, it's just mind blowing. It's still it's still I still can't believe Dennis got sent off and and you know he was captain and and the, the craziest thing about this whole Dennis red card is if the Burnley double game week and the Norwich game for Watford, if that double game week didn't get announced, um, I think it was the night before, possibly. Um, if that didn't get announced, we probably wouldn't see so many people captaining Dennis. Um, <laughs> and this wouldn't happen. So it's just, there's got to be some like FPL devil out there or something like that that's just doing something because I just cannot believe it's happened. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. So yeah, Watford, <laughs> Watford are my pick. Yeah, no, definitely great candidate. Um, we might leave the, most of the questions for, um, we will do a special pod next week. Um, just because obviously that we know, um, Premier League on. So we might just do one question just because it's relevant, um, for today, which is being a stray day. Who's the pod's favorite Aussie that's played in the Premier League? I might go with Tim Cahill just because no matter the fixture, he was just always up for it. And, you know, my, my fond memory of Cahill is when he scored that bicycle kick against Chelsea to, to get the 2-1 win, you know, that was just massive. And, you know, I, I, I bought myself an Everton jersey. I think I got it for Christmas off my parents. And, you know, I just wore it with pride. Even though I was a United supporter, you know, my second club was always Everton. So I'd probably go with Tim Cahill. What about you, Demo? Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's a few, obviously, that have um, passed through uh, the EPL. And obviously, if I'm going to sort of talk about way back when, you know, you can't go past uh, the, the Aussie Leeds players in sort of uh, Viduka and um, oh, uh, MQ uh, back in the day. But um, obviously, a bit more recently, a bit more closer to home. Uh, you know, Lucas Neal playing for, for West Ham obviously was a, a treat sort of back in the day. Um, but, yeah, so there have been, you know, several sort of really good players that have graced um, the, the, you know, the, uh, the English Premier League. But, uh, but yeah, if, I, if I'm going to sort of say one, I'm probably going to stick to those sort of Leeds players in um, either Viduka or, um, or Kuehl. No, good pick. What about... Um... You, Matt, I know you're not uh, 100% um, on board for Australia, Australian national teammate, but um, who was your favourite Aussie in the Premier League? <laughs> um, yeah, look, I'll, um, I'm very similar with Damo, with the Leeds players. Um, for me, um, when I when I would play, I was a left-footed player, so I actually really, really love to watch Harry Kill. Um, yep. I was a left winger as a, as a young kid and, and Kuehl would play on that kind of left side forward position. And, um, you know, he was just brilliant. He was so, so good. And, um, 
you know, for me, I just when he was at his best and he was injury free and that period at Leeds, you go back and watch some of the goals and the things he did, and you know, you just as a as a player, technically, that there, there's not many Australian players that come close. Um, so it's got to be cool, like phenomenal player. Obviously, he had injuries later on in his career. Um, I know he went to Liverpool and. You know, he was good for some of it. It didn't work out for the other parts. He just had so many knocks and, and stuff. So definitely Harry Kiel was my number one. And then Viduka, um, I want to just put him in in second because um, he had some historic moments, the four goals against Liverpool. He scored some amazing goals for uh, Middlesbrough when he played there. Um, you know, and he was for a big man as well. His his skills and his first touch, you know, phenomenal. So um, I'd probably put Kuehl and, and Viduka in as my sort of top two, Kuehl number one. And then Cahill, I thought, again, like, obviously superb player, really good ambassador for Australia and Australian football players. Um, you know, and, I, and he had a, he was really he was really good in the air and, um, you know, a talented player as well. But I just felt, you know, in terms of, um, you know, an actual real sort of top quality player, Harry, Harry Kuehl wins it for me. Yeah, no, definitely. I sort of he was a very close second for me, you know, almost probably a dead heat with Tim Cahill and Viduka as well. But yeah, no, love it. Um, before we finish the poll, we might just do a special podcast quiz that I come up with um, last week with D ten on the pod. So sort of going to be a weekly occurrence um, each week when we have a guest on. So you just got to try pick who you think is the highest total points scored so far this season. FPL, I'll give you two options and you've got to pick one. Oh, so, okay, <laughs> ready to go. So, no looking at the um, – I'm assuming you're not looking at the FPL website. No, I'm not. I'm not. Damon. Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Right. Okay, first one up is Ward-Prowse or Sterling. Oh, I'm going to go Ward-Prowse. Oh, correct. Mate, that is arsey. 85 points to Ward-Prowse <laughs> and 81 for Sterling. Yeah, uh, I, just, I just thought, oh, sorry, I was going to say, I just thought his recent run has just been so good um, and Sterling kind of had that run out of the team, so I'm glad I'm glad he's just edged it. <laughs> uh, next time we've got Morpay or Foden. Oh, that's tough. I'm going to go Foden just because of his big hauls he's had, but that's tough as well. Uh, that's incorrect. More pay, 79 oh, wow. to 78. Oh, one point in it. That's horrible. That's horrible. Um, uh, Josh King or Harry Kane? Josh King. Correct. By 1.67 to 66. Uh, wow. Martinelli or Sergi Kenos from Brentford? Oh, that's tough. That's tough because Kenos started the season so well. Um, and Martinelli didn't play for a long time and Martinelli got that haul against Leeds oh, this is so tough uh, I'm going to go Martinelli uh, incorrect it Kenos. was Kenos oh, I should have gone with the man to 60 so only three points oh, in it I should have gone with the man that's played more minutes <laughs> oh dear that's tough and uh, the last one is Fred or Lanzini Lanzini uh, incorrect Fred 59 oh, no. to 55. So um, you finished uh, finished on three points. That was tough. So D, uh, you know what? D10, I think, finished four from five, I think. Oh, God. It's a, it's a tough one. Like I was close to going. I was very close to going Canos, but I thought Martin Lee's hat trick got him over the line. And then at the end there, 
I just didn't think about it enough. And I picked Lanzini because he's had some really good scores lately. But I can see, um, you know, I can see why he didn't win because he's, I think, the first sort of 10 games or so for West Ham. Ben Rama was kind of the one pulling the strings. So, um, God, yeah, tough game, but good game. <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> the, to think these players that we all hear a lot about, you know, on FPL Twitter or FPL you know, podcast or, you know, that we talk about overall probably don't have as many points as we actually think. <laughs> well, that was like, I think I was listening to a play the other day and they're saying Ronaldo's the highest scoring forward. I'm like, there's no way. And then I looked and I'm pretty sure he still is. So, wow, Ronaldo? Yeah, yeah I, f- I think it's Ronaldo that they're talking about. No, I think it's Dennis. Surely it's Dennis. Um, is it Ronaldo? No, Antonio. Might... Oh, sorry. Might have a look, actually. Maybe for his price, though, Ronaldo, like in terms of the premiums, but... Um, I might actually have a look where he stands, actually. Yeah, he's third. Oh, he's third. Look, yeah, yeah, so he's still high. Yeah. Well, as I said, we might run our guest questions next week. So we're going to do a bit of a, a special sort of standalone pod with um, D10, yourself, Matt, and our demo. So, you know, we'll have a lot of um, great football minds and FPL minds that can answer the questions. I'm sure between the four of us we'll be able to come up with something, but... You never know, but that about wraps up our pod this week. Um, for all our stuff, head over to FPL underscore amateur underscore Oz and all of uh, Damo's West Ham propaganda. Head over to FPL West Ham. And for all of Matt's um, FPL analysis, you know, he he did pick Pedro when um, he had a decent game the other week. So head over to addicts underscore FPL and you'll find all of his stuff over there. And, you know, he offers great banter as well. So definitely worth a follow <laughs> and... Um, Head over to Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes and check out our podcast. And remember, leave a five-star rating, even if you don't like us, just because there's someone out there that might like us that hasn't heard us yet. So it'll help us reach as many ears as possible. But I'd like to thank you for coming on, Matt, mate. It's been a pleasure. It's been a longer pod, but, you know, that's what happens when um, we haven't got to speak like this for a while. So. Oh, it's been it's been good. Thanks to, to both of you. And I'm really, really hoping that this means now I've come on this second half of the season, I can, you know, get Green Arrow every week now. And, um, you know, this is time mounting a title charge. So here we go. Now, if you read the fine print, we'll take um, we'll take credit if it's a Green Arrow. But, um, yeah, if it's not a Green Arrow, it's, um, it's on you, mate. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah.